Welcome to the podcast of Grandview Baptist Church in Anchorage, Alaska. This episode contains a sermon from December 19th by Pastor Randy titled, Wonder at Christmas. There's a a cultural phenomenon that started a, a few years ago called a flash mob. It's when dozens, maybe even a hundred of seemingly random people with seems like way too much time on their hands come together in a public place and they put on a performance that nobody's asking for, but they put on performance and a lot of times these performances are are, are inspiring or or motivating and things like that. Well, I wanted you to to watch one of these. Now, it's a few minutes long. Jeremy shortened it up and and so you, you... start some songs and then kind of goes to the end. But, but I want you to watch this because it illustrates a, a point that I want to make today. So, so that's what I would love to see happen at Christmas. That here we are, a bunch of people just sort of going along through our routines, just you know, dealing with all the stuff that the season brings and suddenly be hit with the reality of what it's all about. To, to come to a point where you're wandering around the mall just seemed like just aimlessly going about, then all of a sudden you find yourself, you know, you're bowing down before the Savior. I want us to be hit like that with the reality of, of what has gone on when, when, when Jesus, when God was made flesh and came to this earth. And so what this video also brings out is two different worlds, so, sort of two different philosophies, two different ways of living that I want to describe for you. I want to describe them to you by using just two different words, words that sound the same, sound very similar. In fact, if you didn't know the context, you probably wouldn't know which one I was talking about uh, because they sound the same, but just slightly different. And so those two words that we see in here, the the first one is this, it's the wonder. Uh, To walk around in an aimless way, to move without purpose or direction. And that's what a lot of these people at the mall were doing. They were just wandering around, right? Uh, you know, one guy says, you know, can we just get this over with and be done with it, you know, and get out of here and go home. And it's that type of thing. And we are a culture of people who just wander around from day to day, week to week, month to month, year to year, seemingly no purpose. This is when you hear people say, where did the year go? Because people will wander from relationship to relationship and they'll never find love. They'll wander from from neighborhood to neighborhood and never find a home. They'll wander from screen to screen and never find any connection. They'll just get on their little devices and wander over the internet all day long for some of the hour, just keep wandering around. And when people today, they'll wander from friendship to friendship, from church to church, from relationship to relationship. And the only thing that's going to keep us from being a people who who are just sort of wandering aimlessly through life is when we're overcome with a sense of wonder. And that's the other word, wonder, to marvel, to be amazed by something beautiful, unexpected, or unexplainable. The reason that we often do so much aimless wondering is that we're missing the wonder of Christmas. And so that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about some of the things today that keep us from experiencing the amazement, the wonder, the excitement that was there that first Christmas that should encompass us, that should be our way of life as Christians. Because this is not something that you just get over. When God has come and he's accomplished what he's accomplished, when, he's, when he did what he did, when, when, when God became flesh, 
that's not something that you just get used to. That's something that has an impact for the rest of your life. So in Luke chapter 2, Jesus is born, and his birth announcement is made to some shepherds, which is highly out of care, out of just out of place, because shepherds weren't even allowed in the temple. And they were professional wanderers. That's what they did. They washed their sheep, just sort of wandering around the countryside, living a very mundane lifestyle. A very lifestyle that was, oh, here we go again, another day, same old thing. So let's look at this story starting in Luke chapter 2. In the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over their flocks. Now, just real quick, when it says they were keeping watch over, at night over their flocks, that doesn't mean they were pulling a night shift and they would get done clock out and go home. They lived out there with the sheep. That was their life, living outside with the sheep. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round them, and they were terrified or awestruck or filled with wonder. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the city of David a Savior was born for you, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find the baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly there was a multitude of heavenly hosts with the angels saying, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to people he favors. When the angels had left them and returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. They hurried off and found both Mary and Joseph and the baby who were lying in the manger. After seeing them, they reported the message they were told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed, again filled with wonder at what the shepherds had said to them. But Mary was treasuring up all these things in her heart and meditated upon them. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard, which was just as they had been told. So here they are minding their own business, living out in the fields. They were dirty and smelly at a time when a lot of people were kind of dirty and smelly, but they were really dirty and smelly. And all of a sudden, the original flash mob, right? The angels appear in heaven. And the original flash mob comes and, and, and makes this great proclamation. Here's what I want us to understand. As we celebrate Christmas, it's so easy for us just to get caught up in everything that happens this time of the year and lose that sense of wonder, lose that sense of amazement. And so what I want to do today, I want to go over three things that keep us from experiencing this wonder. Enemies of, of things that will keep us from experiencing the, the wonder, the amazement of, of having God become flesh. The first one is this. One enemy of experiencing wonder at Christmas is familiarity. That'll do it because we all know the story, right? We know it well. Look at it from my perspective. I've probably preached 100 sermons at least on this. At one, at, in one way, it's exciting to come and to preach about this and about Easter. In another way, you all know the story so well, it's hard to find a different perspective to preach about. You know, 
this is how the donkey felt the first Christmas, or, or this is five ways to build a manger. You know, it's hard to come up with, with something different. And so sometimes, just because we're so used to something, it loses a sense of marvel, a sense of wonder. That happens a lot in life. Before I moved up here, I didn't do a lot of flying, you know, not that much. And it's kind of, you know, exciting, you know, get up in the air at 40,000 feet, take a look at the countryside and all that. But now moving up here, I fly quite often as, as most everybody in here does. And so when I get on the airplane, the first thing I do, I find my row, my seat, which if, if there's, it's going to be a window seat, okay? It just has to be the window seat. Because I'm going to go, I'm going to sit down by the window, I'm going to pull the shade down and lean my head up against the shade and try to take a nap. That's it. I don't care what they say beforehand. I just come sit down, take a nap. Because familiarity will do that to us. You've heard the saying, familiarity breeds contempt. And it does. You have two best friends in college and then they decide to room together one semester and by the end of that semester they can't stand each other anymore. It should be that familiarity breeds appreciation. One of my dad's favorite songs was Tell Me the Old, Old Story and there's a line in there that says, each time I hear it, it grows more wonderfully sweet. But oftentimes what familiarity breeds is just indifference. Like the couple that moves and they have a view of the mountains or the ocean or, or maybe both and they're real excited, but after a while it's just, yeah, that's just what I see every day. And when I get on a plane and I close the shutter and lean my head, I'm not mad. I just don't care. I'm so familiar with it. And a lot of times that's what happens at, for us, that, that the greatest threat to our Christianity is that the things that should inspire us, the things that should continually hold a sense of marvel and wonder for us, we just sort of shrug our shoulders at and I understand there's so many things going on this time of the year. I get that. But we also say, I believe the Bible. But oftentimes, we don't have time to get into our Bible and read it because we can't spend time in the Bible and read it and stay on top of social media at the same time. So it's very hard for us to maintain a, a sense of wonder, uh, to be astounded and amazed. And what I just want you to understand, this is a very dangerous place to be as a Christian. One of the things that, that make it so familiar to us that, that keep us from experiencing wonder is the same thing the shepherds experienced. The shepherds just had a very mundane job. All they did was keep day in, day out is the sheep. It's the same old, same old every day. And a lot of times when you experience that, that, that sort of mundane type of existence where you work, it's easy for that to carry over to our life and to our relationship with God. When I was uh, last uh, couple of years at high school, my job that I worked at was putting up siding. And I'd meet my boss at a, at a house, and we'd unload his truck, get all the siding off of it and the, the machines that you needed and all that stuff, and, and unload everything. And we'd, he'd do a walk around the house with me and, and tell me what needed to be done, uh, what, you know, what they wanted covered, not covered about the job and things they may not have wanted. And then that'd be it. He'd be gone. For till I got done, on the and that was exciting for me because here I'm putting up siding. You know, I'm a 17 year old kid. I'm putting up siding on these people's houses, and, and you get up to the top, and, 
every house you got gables and eaves you have to cover, and a lot of them are out of square. They're all different. And for a while, that was exciting to me. You know, how am I going to get up here and take this, these eaves, these gables, and the out of squareness of this house and make it look good? But after about 15 or 20 houses, even though I go to another house and it's a different type of house, you know, built in a different time, different builder and all that stuff, it became just another house. And here they are, the shepherds, they're keeping sheep. Sheep. No one goes to the zoo and asks, where's the sheep display at? You go and you ask, where's the lion and tigers and monkeys? Nobody goes, I don't even know if, if any zoos have sheep. You have bird watching clubs. There's no thing as a sheep watching club. In fact, you have a friend that says, hey, let's go watch sheep. You need a new friend, right? Yeah, well, up here, y'all probably make that connection. I thought about that. Somebody's going to make that connection, but anyway. But in the midst of this very predictable existence, all of a sudden, here comes this angelic announcement. And what do they do? In verse 15, it says, they said, let's go and see. They could have said, that's great and going back to their mundane existence. But they said, let's go and see. And that word see is not just like a casual glance. That word see is to, is to look intently, to take it all in. It's the word used disciples when they went to the tomb that, on that resurrection day, and they looked inside. They wanted to take in everything. It's kind of like when we read where Mary pondered it in her heart. She would take the stuff that had happened, and she would look at it and look at it, and look at it, and sort of put it back in, and take it out again, and look at it, and look at it, and just mull it over. They said, let's go and see. Let's look intently. You want to overcome familiarity so you can, so you can experience the wonder of Christmas? You have to take some time, time enough to take and look intently at what God has done. You can't just shrug your shoulders and, and say, okay, you know, let my mundane work life, work life lead me to a mundane life, to a mundane relationship with God and just go on. No, you have to be able to take time out and say, I just need to stop and I just need to look at what God has done and give that time to settle in with you. Another thing, another enemy of wonder for, us, for a lot of us is discouragement, especially this time of year. Because this time of year, what so many people do, they'll look on their circumstances in life, where they're at, and, and they'll just get discouraged because they're not where they wanted to be in life. They, they don't have the people around them they wanted. They don't have the job they wanted. Just things aren't the way they wanted it to be. And it's so easy to get discouraged this time of year. And if anybody would have been discouraged, it would have been these shepherds because nobody grew up to want to be a shepherd Remember what I said earlier, they weren't allowed in the temple because they were considered unclean. They weren't allowed to be witnesses in a court trial because they were considered unreliable. No Palestinian boy, when he was asked, what do you want to be when you grow up, said, I want to be a shepherd. And yet here they are. And I can imagine, even in that day, that when somebody may have come to them and asked what they did, they probably tried to find a different way to put it besides I'm a shepherd. Because that just wasn't looked upon as a very nice occupation. We do the same thing today. Companies today, they'll rename things to make them sound better, right? 
Uh, you're not even sure what the title means anymore. And a lot of com- the reason companies do that a lot of times is because they're trying to advertise a job that nobody else wants. So they rename it. You know, you're, you're, you're not a dishwasher, you're a, you're a cleansing operative. You know, you don't wash windows, you're, you're a, 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 a vision clearance engineer or something like that. And, and they'll rename things. But what happened here? Because this is a place where you, maybe you can relate. Maybe right now, this time of the year, you look at your life, you look at your circumstances in life, and, and you're just discouraged by it. And that gets amplified this time of the year, doesn't it? But what did they do that changed everything? They went and all their attention was put upon Jesus. See, we can be so self-centered, but if we can take and set aside what's going on with us and put our, put our eyes, put our attention on our Lord and Savior, all of a sudden, that discouragement, it's gone. You, you have a mission now. You know, you're going you're to be sharing with people. Things have changed. Your whole perspective has changed. And so if you want to experience a, a wonder at Christmas, a sense of wonder, take time to look intently. Take time to focus on Jesus, get, things, get your focus off your life and put it where it belongs on the greatest thing that God has done. And third, probably the biggest obstacle to experiencing a sense of wonder at Christmas is perspective. Perspective. Let, let me explain it this way. Joseph has a dream, and an angel sort of visits him in his dream. And so he's captured by this. To him, of course, it holds a sense of wonder. How many of you would like to have an angel visit you in your dream like you say, yeah, I could be real excited about Christmas if an angel came to me like he came to Joseph? But listen, this was still just a dream. Joseph could have blown it off. That's why he's praised for his choice. He could have woke up and said, boy, what a strange dream that was. Shouldn't be eating pizza so close to when I go to bed. I think I'll go find me a a, a girl that, that has a better reputation than Mary. He had a choice to make. See, God rarely appears to us or speaks to us or, or gives us uh, uh, an intuition in a way that can't be denied. You have a choice on whether or not you want to listen, whether or not you want to hear or not. God doesn't come to us in, in a way in which we just, to intimidate us, so he had no choice to do except what he's going to do. Joseph had a choice on how he was going to respond. He, he wants, God wants our relationship to be with him to where we want that. See, we, we want to see, we want to experience. And if we're cultivating a heart that wants to experience in him, that wants to see, then when he does show up, we'll see. We'll understand. Because we tend to, to see, hear, and experience what we want to see, hear, and experience. It's very true. Look at this. Mikey, you ever do this? 
Okay, psychiatrist back there, he does this ink block test, right? What do you see? The foreign Buddha? One of the kids were saying he sees a bunch of guys with guns waving in the air, right? That's what you said, Logan, earlier. So what do you see? Here's the thing. It's not so much what you see, but what you see tells a whole lot more about you than it does the ink blot. You see what you want to see, what you expect to see, what's in your heart to see. If you're having angry father issues, you might look at that and go, why are you showing me a picture of an angry old man? If you're having sexual issues, you may look at that and go, why are you showing me porn? If you're having depression issues, you may look at that and just start crying. Because we see what we want to see, what we expect to see, what's in our heart to see. It all depends upon our perspective. That's why when you look at this ink blot, it says a whole lot more about you than it does the ink blot. That's why you can have parents who, who are at the hospital because their daughter has just overdosed on drugs and they go, oh, why didn't we see the signs? They were right there. She was withdrawn. Her grades were dropping in school. She, she stayed in her room for long hours. We'd go in and have this weird smell. She told us it was just some candle that their kids were real excited about burning and, or having to smell in their rooms. And we just didn't know. They didn't want to know. It's not what they wanted to see. It's not what they expected to see. Or when the husband finds out his wife's having an affair, he says, I should have seen the signs. She is withdrawn. She had all, we had all these strange numbers show up on our phone bill. She was staying late at night to work all these weird hours. Why didn't I see the signs? Because we see what we want to see, what we expect to see, and what's in our heart to see. So the Joneses and the Smith go to church. They leave church. Mr. and Miss Jones gets in their car to drive home. Mrs. Jones says, that was the worst church service ever. The Watson girl tried to sing that song. It was way too high for her. She tried to hit that high note, didn't even come close. She has no business singing a song like that. The offering plate was passed, and little Johnny took all his pennies out, put them in the offering plate, dropped some of them on the floor. What a disturbance. And it was so cold in there, I just had chills the whole time. The Smiths, they leave church. Miss Smith looks over to Mr. Smith and says, oh, great service today at church. That Watson girl, she sang that song. Now, she didn't quite hit the high note, but she tried and she attempts great things for God. She's going to accomplish great things for God. Little Johnny putting all his pennies in the offering plate. Isn't it great he's learning how to tithe at such an early age? And, oh, you could just feel the Holy Spirit. I had chills down my spine because the Holy Spirit was so strong in the place. She doesn't know it's because it was so cold. We see what we want to see, what we expect to see. Here, Jesus says, now my soul is troubled. What should I say? Father, save me from this hour, but that is why I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd standing there heard it. And said, it was thunder. Others said, an angel has spoken to him. 
So this voice comes down from heaven and speaks. It's an angel. It's come from heaven. No, it was just thunder. There's not a cloud in the sky. I know, but it was just thunder. They can't accept the idea that, that, that a voice from heaven would be speaking to Jesus. Here's my favorite one. Therefore, many of the Jews who came to Mary and saw what he did, this is after he raised Lazarus from the dead, believed in him. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. They went to Jesus' enemies to, to say, hey, can we use this to get at him? He just raised somebody from the dead. And now you think you won't try and take him out with this? You won't try and find something? He just raised a guy from the dead right in front of you. We see what we want to see, what we expect to see, what's in our heart to see. That happens constantly. And it happened at Christmas time too. Jesus, uh, God had an announcement to make about the coming of Jesus. Joseph heard. Shepherds heard. Anna heard, Simeon heard, the Magi heard. The Magi even traveled probably before them was a year and a half round trip to go do this, what they come in and bring those gifts to Jesus. The religious leaders would even go seven miles from Jerusalem down to Bethlehem. See, God speaks to those who want to hear. I'm not saying that you have to get a direct word from God before you do anything. God, do I need to eat Cocoa Krispies or Wheaties tomorrow for breakfast? But if you're not cultivating a heart that wants to hear, that expects to hear, that, that, that has it in you, okay, God, I, I, when you're doing something, I want to know, I want to be a part of that. Then when he does, you're just going to shrug it off, right? It's just thunder. That's all. You want to have a sense of awe and amazement when we come and celebrate his birth? Do you expect? Do you expect to have that? Do you expect to, to have him to be going throughout your day and to have him just come and, and have the reality of, of what he did just come upon you? Like they did in our video earlier? I wrote this down. We're not expecting to hear from God you will begin to look and act like the culture around you. You develop a critical spirit, be inflexible and resistant to change, think your sins are no big deal, that you don't need to repent. Your life will be characterized by doubt, not faith. Christian life will become boring. Even celebrations like Christmas and resurrection and Sunday worship will become routine. See, here's the thing you learn about Scripture. God's speaking all the time. My sheep hear my voice. He, he's, he's talking to all the time. Are you cultivating a heart that wants to listen? So three things. Number one, where there is no sense of expectancy, there is no recognizing God. If you, in other words, if you don't expect to be here from God, you're, you're not going to say that's God. You're going to say it thundered. That sense of expectancy. Number two, where there is no recognizing God, there's no sense of wonder. Then number three, where there's no sense of wonder, there is no worship. 
So, oh, if we could be a people <laughs> that are just coming to church, because we always come to church, but all of a sudden be overwhelmed with the very presence of God upon us. That tonight, tomorrow, you're going throughout your routine, you're at work, and all of a sudden somebody says something or there's a Christmas song that played and just the, 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 the overwhelming joy of, of God having come down to earth just sort of sets on you. And you're hit with it like you were there 2,000 years ago. And you're wowed, you're overcome. And now your job doesn't seem so routine anymore. And now that story that you know so well doesn't seem like, yeah, I've heard that. It's so familiar. I know, I know, I know every aspect. I've, I've heard every perspective on, on the birth of Jesus. But now it's a sense of wonder again. And you get caught up. You're like a few of those in the crowd on the video. All of a sudden, they, they find themselves bowing down. Bowing your knees before the Savior. Coming to worship Him. So, how are you going to spend this time of year? Just familiar. Got so much stuff going on, just all the stuff that's happening. I don't have time to, to sit and reflect. I don't have time to, to, to look intently at this. Or maybe being discouraged. Because life's not where you want to be. And you're focusing on yourself. And you just stay sort of self-centered through this out this time of year. About how bad things are for your life and how it's not where you wanted to be in life. Or maybe God's doing something right in front of your face and you go, just thunder. There's not a cloud in the sky. I know. It was just thunder, though. Couldn't have been God. You don't want to miss the wonder of Christmas. Let, let it fall upon you. Have your heart open. Be looking around expecting to hear from God. Because you will see and hear what you expect to see and hear. What you want to see and hear. What's in your heart to see and hear and experience. And let this time upon, uh, this time year fall upon you like, like we'll still read about how the, the rise of the New Testament, they, they look back on this, they just continue to marvel at it. Over and over again. You know, even Paul kind of alludes this when he, when he says, after 20 years of being Christian, that I might know him. That's my, just to know him. Paul, man, look at all you're doing. You've been a Christian for 20 years. Yeah, but man, it's still so fresh in me. So don't let this become something you just shrug your shoulders at and go, yeah, I know the story. I know this time of the year. And be caught up just wandering around from place to place. So don't be caught up just wandering around place to place, thing to thing, just looking for something to fill your time, what you got to get done. Be overcome with a sense of wonder and let God fall upon you. Thank you for tuning into the podcast of Grandview Baptist Church in Anchorage, Alaska. For more information, check out our website at gbcak.org.